Welcome everybody to Laying the Points with Farley Burks. It's Tuesday, August 2nd. Going to be a solo pod today with yours truly talking some NFL news, NFL topics, NFL betting angles. We're going to get to a few hot topics today like the Deshaun Watson suspension, what that means for the Browns, what that means for betting on the Browns in week one through six. And we'll also get into a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys, why they bore me at this point, this season, overall. They just bore me. Get into that and why I'm underwhelmed by them and their potential this year. Then we'll get to our top 10 quarterback rankings. Again, all these things are from a betting perspective, so my rankings might be a little different than the ones you hear about out there in the media, especially from the ESPNs and the NFL.coms and that type. We're looking at betting angles. We're looking at quarterbacks that we can actually depend on. And that's a different story than just pure talent, right? Then we'll give away some free picks, as always, later on the pod. Before we do that, let's take care of some business. This show is being sponsored by BetRivers.com. For a 100% sign-up bonus up to $250, please use the promo code FARLEYODDS. Terms and conditions and location apply. Thank you so much, everybody who listens to this podcast and who listens to the Oddsbreakers podcast. A lot going on at the Oddsbreakers right now, as always. That's nothing new. Even in the summer, there's a lot going on, which is downtime for a lot of the sharp bettors at the at the Oddsbreakers and pretty much everywhere. I mean, who wants to bet on baseball right now? Um, I just know a lot of really sharp guys and gals in the industry who keep on trudging through the insufferable results that is baseball you know, sometimes they win. Most of the time, it seems like a lot of people are losing. Kudos to the one Kyle Hunter out there, also a contributor at the Ozbreakers, one of the sharpest guys I know. He's still been winning in MLB, but that's some rare stuff. I'm just not seeing that from too many people. That's okay, because the NFL season is around the corner. The Ozbreakers is doing a lot of big things right now. Kiev was just on the Ross Tucker uh, Even Money podcast. I think that episode just got promoted by the Ross Tucker podcast. Uh, So you can listen to that. He has a great spot on his show. Uh, He's also preparing a lot of NFL content along with Sean Noki and a lot of the other writers at the Oddsbreakers. Steve Norman, of course, our own Steve Norman, fellow Circa winner. And of course, this podcast here runs through the Oddsbreakers podcast network. So thank you all for listening. Please follow us at the Oddsbreakers. Go to theoddsbreakers.com for nonstop sharp sports betting information for you across all sports. It's constant. So keep us in your radar, bookmark our site, and follow us on social media. Follow me at Farley Bets across all social media as well, TikTok, Instagram, but mostly Twitter. Actually, I guess Twitter and Instagram are pretty equal. I usually, you know, copy everything into Twitter onto Instagram. Um, and you know, you can check out some of the new articles I wrote at the 33rd team going over some team previews and the dolphins, the Vikings, and we're preparing for the NFL season guys and gals. And it's, uh, it's exciting. It's my favorite time of the year. Actually, it's one of the most torturous times of the year too, because just every weekend I'm like, how many more weeks do we have into the NFL? Well, five, six, five. Uh, now we're about six weeks away, actually five weeks away on Thursday from the first NFL game. Of course, you got the Hall of Fame game coming up on Friday. I gave that away as a free pick too, by the way, ladies and gents. 
bet on that under. Now the under has moved down. Steve Fezzik just commented on that on Twitter. Uh, it was at 33, 33 and a half at some books. Now it's moved down to 30, 31. And, you know, if you didn't get that under before, sorry. It, it might still hit the under, right? Those are pretty slow games. Nobody wants to get injured, but, man, solid two to three points off the value there for that bet on that under. But Hall of Fame game is this Friday, I believe, Thursday or Friday. Uh, so preseason games are going to start to trickle in. The, the first full slate of preseason games is next weekend. So I'm just excited. Follow Farley Bets across social media. Thank you for listening. Let's get to the show. First, let's talk about Jacoby Brissett, right? The Browns will be without Deshaun Watson for at least six games. He is suspended for six games. I mean, I'm not too certain that that's not going to turn into even more games with all the backlash and, and social media from the media, from fans, and, you know, rightfully so, right? Um, the judge deemed it egregious what Watson did. I'm not even sure about all the details of what he did, but all these massages, nothing illegal about a massage, but apparently the way he went about it, probably pushing things, showing things, asking for things, maybe demanding things. I don't know. But not a good look for Deshaun Watson, but Jacoby Brissett is a very formidable backup quarterback. He's going to take over for the Browns in the first six weeks. And if you're a Browns fan or if you want to bet on the Browns, I don't think you have that much to worry about. First of all, you know, we all know this already, right? The talent on the Cleveland Browns offense is pretty incredible. They probably have the best duo of running backs in the NFL, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, Kareem Hunt, when he was fully healthy, he easily put up over 1,000 total yards, a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb, three-time Pro Bowler now in four seasons with the Browns. Elite running back at, you know, finding holes, finding the first down, following his blockers just understands how to be a pro running back. And both of these guys do. And Kareem Hunt kind of gives a little more burst, but he's a very smart running back too. So they're just the run game from the Browns isn't going away. And their offensive line has been top five now for a few years. That's been our point about Baker Mayfield too. Little, little fat Baker gets to sit behind his offensive line out of shape. And, you know, he's kind of had a cushy setup, right? He's not going to have that in Carolina, but, Jacoby Brissett's going to have that. And Jacoby Brissett's a big boy. I mean, he's 6'4", 235. If I'm the Browns, I'm going to probably try and run a bunch of run pass options with Brissett, Chubb, Hunt. You know, maybe line them all up in the backfield and, you know, try to misguide that defense and trick them some of those plays. I mean, Brissett can run. We've seen him in some big running touchdown moments like with the Patriots and the Colts. Uh, you know, he's a good leader from what we've seen on the field, from what we hear about his work ethic from other players. And he's, he's played for very buttoned up franchises, the Patriots, the Colts, the Dolphins last year under Flores. So he's got very good experience. He's got, he's got great, uh, stats. I mean, the guy's thrown for over twice as many touchdowns, 36 touchdowns, 17 interceptions in his career, 60% completion rating. So he can get the job done. And he can especially get the job done with Amari Cooper, right, who they signed this season at wide receiver. Majoku, a 
probably could be even better tight end, but a very solid, very big tight end, a big target, right? And then they got those running backs. I mean, they have talent on offense. They have a lot of talent on defense. I mean, last year, all you heard from the media was how the Cleveland Browns probably have the best 52-man roster in the NFL. And they still have many, many, many of those players. Of course, Odell's gone. Jarvis Landry's gone. There's some passing game changes. But Amari Cooper isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to let down at that position. That's a great acquisition for them. They needed it. So, and I mean, and if you look at their schedule, guys, the first two road games that they have are at Carolina and at, you know, that's in the week one opener. And in these first six games, they only have two road games at Carolina and then at Atlanta. I mean, you're not going to get better setups on the road than that. You know, it's not like you're going on the road immediately to Pittsburgh or immediately to Baltimore or against a, a, a you know, a much more challenging interdivisional interconference opponent. I think they're going to be favored in three out of those six games too. Maybe not against the Chargers or the Patriots. But if you look at their schedule in those first six games, you're talking about winnable games. They got the Steelers in there. That's probably going to be even. I don't think there's going to be – I don't think there's going to be a strong favorite in that one. It's, you know, it's at Cleveland, right? They got the Jets at home. I mean, this isn't – these aren't tough teams. I mean, the Jets – Going on the road to Cleveland off of what I think I think the I think the Browns are gonna go 0 and 1. I think you know that revenge factor for Baker, he probably plays the best game of his season there in week one, right? And all teams play really hard in week one and have a great mentality in week one because they have the whole season in front of them, right? Anybody can win. It's the it's a brand new start. It's at Carolina. That game sets up for the Carolina win, maybe one of their only wins this season. We'll see. Um, you know, until they face the Falcons. But uh, I don't feel very strongly about the Panthers. But even if the Browns lose then, then they got the Jets. Then they got Atlanta. Then they got Pittsburgh in there. That's not going to be easy. But I think the Browns could come out of this 3-3. Three and three. I think they're going to lose to the Chargers. I think they might lose to the Steelers. And they'll probably lose to the Patriots. But still, you're 3-3 three and three, and then Watson comes back. That's not bad. Now, Watson is going to come back in a really tough spot. Because the Browns are going to go at Baltimore in week seven. So uh, we talk about a a really challenging spot. When Watson returns, that Baltimore defense, I think, could be the best in the NFL this year. So things are about to get real. And let's, let's talk about the Watson effect, okay? When your leader, and trust me, I mean, the quarterback, I mean, don't trust me, just watch these games. The quarterback, especially in the modern-day NFL, matters as much as the coach. It's, I mean, the head coaches in the NFL are still, unlike some other sports like the NBA, like baseball, you know, the coach matters, okay? The coach is still the figurehead, the leader of the team overall. But so is the quarterback. I mean, it's really one and two. And when you have a player like Deshaun Watson, who, let's face it, I mean, he was, you know, people were calling him like the Michael Jordan of football in his first few years because he just he's an electric talent, right? Huge arm, great athleticism, big guy. At that point, we all thought, said all the right things, humble, good leader. But these are human beings. These are human beings who are going to be playing with 
Deshaun Watson. Of course, if he wins, if he does it all for his team, probably a lot of the perceptions about Deshaun Watson might, you know, they might start to improve. But it, it's going to affect their culture a little bit. I mean, look at the Cowboys, who historically they just invite everybody on their team, right? Jerry Jones will just, you know, he'll sign like ex-cons, players who are just not very consistent, who have big, sometimes divisive personalities. It hasn't worked well for them. And I've never seen, I've never looked at Deshaun Watson as a big, divisive personality. He's kind of a quiet kid. Sometimes it's the quiet ones, right? They're kind of weird. But here's the thing. And everybody on social media right now, the fans, especially women, everybody deserves to lash out and to be upset by this ruling of only six games. I get it. I mean, you got somebody like Calvin Ridley who's suspended for one year. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to draw those comparisons because everybody else is doing it across social media. I'm not going to just regurgitate with every, you know, what's been said a thousand million times now. But is it should it probably be more stern this punishment? Yeah, probably it should. Um but it is what it is. We'll see if there's more games on it. I'm not saying, you know, fans, players can't change the way things happen in the future in the NFL. I'm not saying I agree with it. But I will say this. I've always believed in this too. Um, we cannot judge anybody by their worst moments. Now, to be fair, Deshaun Watson had quite a few bad moments. Apparently, like, what, 50 different bad moments with these masseuses, uh, these massage therapists. So I'm not saying he just had one bad moment. And I'm not trying to have sympathy on the guy. The thing is, though, Watson can change his perception, head down, humble, don't do that shit again. And we could see a Cleveland Browns team who really thrives with him at quarterback because at the end of the day, if he's playing football, he is a significant, significant, I'll say it one more time, significant upgrade at quarterback from one Baker Mayfield in pretty much every way. Accuracy, arm strength, athleticism. I mean, forget about it. Baker Mayfield is to Deshaun Watson, you know, what is what is what I am to like Usain Bolt. Okay. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is not athletic. <laughs> so as far as elusiveness, pocket presence, ability to make big plays, take over the game, we've seen Deshaun Watson do that on poorly talented Houston Texans teams. Now he's going to an ultra-talented Browns team. Lost some guys at wide receiver. I get it, but they have enough. They have enough guys, especially with that running back tandem, especially with that offensive line to really, really win a lot of games with that offense, and then they have a very complete defense as well. So, listen, eliminate subjectivity, eliminate feelings and emotions. At the end of the day, if this guy is playing football for the Browns, if he settles in, and if the culture isn't overly affected, the culture is going to be affected at first. But if he can prove to this team that he's going to be a good leader, he's not going to make the same mistakes, and he plays great football, you know, week 17, 18, the Browns are not going to be thinking about the suspension or the controversy. They're probably going to be going to the playoffs. So 
you know, the league is going to hate them. The league is going to hate Deshaun Watson for a long time, just like they did Mike Vick. Uh, you know, just they, like they did a lot of players in the past who made egregious mistakes. And again, I'm not calling it a mistake. Okay. Egregious, uh, egregious acts. All right. He deserves more of a penalty if you ask me, but it just is what it is right now. And if we're talking football, I think the Browns are going to survive in those first six weeks pretty easily, actually. And then if Deshaun Watson plays anything near like he played on the Texans, which he probably will, um, I think I think this this Browns team is going to be just a a okay. All right, now let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and why they bore me. You know, the, the Cowboys are kind of quiet right now, right? I think I think that's a good thing for them, actually. You're not hearing too much out of Cowboys camp. They're not, you know, they're not at the at the top of the headlines, right? Of course, Deshaun Watson helps with that. But there's a lot of other narratives, a lot of other stories, right? Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay without Devontae, um, Kyler Murray in that contract, now Deshaun Watson. Okay, Cowboys are staying out of the limelight a little bit. That's a good thing for Dallas. That's the one good thing I'll say, even though Jerry Jones has already said, uh, the pressure is on my team to win a Super Bowl. You need the Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, we know, Jerry. Thanks. You know, keep on adding that, you know, you know, keep on adding pressure to this team. Your team is clearly not good at handling pressure, Jerry. So maybe you should just shut the hell up, to be honest. Um, but here's why the Cowboys bore me. They're the same thing with this team every year. I was talking about it with my co-head of betting, my buddy Ryan Reynolds. Isn't that funny? Chris Farley and Ryan Reynolds at the 33rd team. We're talking about the Cowboys last night via text, and it just brought this into my mind. Right? It's the same thing every year with the Cowboys. They just flop. They flop at the end of the year. Oh, those first weeks, they're covering every game last year. They're looking good. Their offense is soaring. They almost beat the Bucks in week one. Woo! Cowboys, baby. Watch out for the Dallas Cowboys. And then what happened at the end of last year, the second half of the season? Oh, stumbling, falling all over themselves, right? Horrible, horrible game time coaching decisions made. I mean, that's always going to be their biggest, you know, one of their biggest weaknesses is always going to be Mike McCarthy and the way that he coaches and how underwhelming his coaching ability is. I mean, let's face it. Uh, I don't I don't think there's a lot there. But the Cowboys just falter. They fall. They, they stumble. They're clumsy at the end of every season. And a lot of that is Dak. Dak Prescott. Listen, I tried to be a fan of his plenty in the past. He seems like a humble guy. He seems like a dude you want to hang out with, right? He sticks up for good things. His brother struggling with mental illness, um, you know, and that was a tragic ending to that. I mean, Dak, he has a lot of great qualities and he seems like a good leader too. And his work ethic is there. Everything's there. I just don't know if he has that it factor because the amount of talent, I mean, and, and, I should say, too, all the evidence says that he does not have that it factor. And what is that it factor? Whether you have a ton of talent or not, in those big game moments, in those high-pressure scenarios, you handle business. You are the quarterback. You take advantage of those situations, and you thrive in those situations. That's not Dak. That wasn't Dak on Thanksgiving last season. That wasn't Dak at the end of the season when they could have made the playoffs. Uh, it just wasn't Dak. Okay. And he just doesn't have that it factor. Either does Kirk Cousins. Either does Kyler Murray, in my opinion. I mean, he still has room to grow. 
Tua probably doesn't have it. Tannehill probably doesn't have it. I mean, there's a, this isn't, you know, I'm not saying that Dak isn't, should not be the starting quarterback. I mean, he's probably still, he's the, he's their best option. But at the end of the year, him, Mike McCarthy, something in the DNA of this Dallas Cowboys franchise, it doesn't work. And we've seen it time and time again. They're going to have to make us believe that they can do it because right now it would be a probably a really sharp bet, especially if they win some of their early games to bet on their futures win total under, bet on them not making the playoffs, bet on the Eagles beating them and teams that are improving, you know, at offensive line, right? Tyron Smith, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, but he's only suited up 13 games in the past two seasons. He claims he feels a lot better, that he feels 100% better than ever. We'll see, Smith. They got rid of Lyle Collins, arguably their best lineman. But, you know, still on paper, this team, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, Zeke, I get it. Still still a team on paper, and their defense has improved, right? They got some guys over there now. I get it. Uh, on paper, this should still probably be one of the better teams in the NFC. But what it results in every single year is failure, and especially failure at the at the end of the season in big game situations, and I'm bored of it. And now you look at them this year, their first 10 games, and their first 10 games they face the Bucks, the Bengals, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Packers. Excuse me, those are five good teams this year. Packers are always going to be there. I think the Vikings are going to improve. The Rams are Super Bowl champs, enough said. Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year, enough said. And Tom Brady's going to be on a revenge tour this year. In week one, they face the Bucs. That's their, in the first 10 games, they have those five teams. Then they have other divisional games against the Giants, against the Eagles. Listen, not going to talk a lot about the Giants, but there's some good things coming out of camp. Evan Neal, Alabama, offensive lineman. He's opening up holes for Saquon. That's not good for other teams who face the Giants. Saquon Barkley has not had any holes to run through. Trust me, I'm a Giants fan. I know. They're also reporting that Saquon is you know, showing that burst, that explosion that he had in the past. I'm not going to get too excited about the Giants, but Eagles fans should be excited. They're loaded. The Eagles should be the NFC East champs this year, in my opinion. So when you're – I don't know about the Commanders. I'm not going to talk about them. I think they're going to suck. But Giants, Eagles, with their schedule – the Cowboys might stumble earlier in the season this year. So then they're really going to have pressure on them to finish strong at the end of the season. Don't believe it. I'm bored of them. Get out of the way, Cowboys. Change something, Cowboys. Show us that you can change something or do something to, to change or to, to you know fulfill your potential because I'm not seeing it. All right, let's get into our top 10 quarterback rankings here. We'll start with number 10. And the reason why this matters in case you didn't figure it out before on the show, in case you don't really understand the NFL, is the quarterback is obviously, should be obvious to you by now, the single most important position in the NFL. You could argue it's the single most important position in all of sports. You know, even, even a starting ace pitcher, yeah, they're important, but if the team has a good bullpen, they can usually hold themselves up, right? Starting quarterback in the NFL – I mean, the NFL is the closest thing to being in war, for God's sake. These guys have to have to lead their teams. They have to have the intangibles, the tangibles, the physical attributes, the arm strength, the arm touch, and just all quarterbacks just aren't aren't built the same. 
I'm going to start with my number 10, and I cheated a little bit here. I, you know, double dunked on a few of these top 10s. Um, but I'll start off by saying this. Kyler Murray is not in my top 10. Prove it, Kyler. Prove it. And then you'll be in our top 10. I'm sure Kyler Murray is sitting at home with his, you know, $100, $230 million contract and thinking, eh, I really want Farley Betts to believe in me, so I'm going to improve my game. I know, I know he's thinking that. So it's all right, Kyler. I'll give you a chance in the future. Top 10 quarterback rankings. Let's start with number 10. I have Derek Carr and Tannehill in a tie. The reason why I have them in a tie is because I see them as very similar quarterbacks. They've had a lot of talent on their teams. Not, not you know, not the best talent, but they've had plenty of talent. Derek Carr has even more talent this year with Devontae on his team. Tannehill has less without A.J. Brown. Uh, but they just both have to get over the hump. Right, They can make all the throws. We've seen Tannehill do it game in and game out in the playoffs in high-pressure situations. Derek Carr, too. Incredible stats. Very, very accurate passer is Derek Carr. But they both just have to get over the hump. So the talent is there. We'll see if they can get over that hump. Number nine, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is not a better thrower than Huntley, his backup. However, Lamar has every single last intangible you would want in a quarterback. And the coach that talks about Lamar says how sharp he is. Everybody talks about his work ethic, his humility, his leadership ability. And he can make most of the throws. He's not as talented of a thrower as the other top eight quarterbacks in this list. But with his speed, his athleticism, and uh, you know the the fear that he instills in other defenses. Lamar has to be in my top ten. And again, a lot of this is about intangibles. Being able to rely on these quarterbacks to win games for their team. We've seen Lamar Jackson do that so many times. You know that that's something that lesser quarterbacks really struggle with, right? Big moments and poise. Russell Wilson, number eight. You damn right, Russell Wilson is still in my top ten. Uh, you know you can make fun of him for wearing his jersey. Getting out of that big old truck to Denver Broncos camp. Russell Wilson's a little bit of a dork, but like Colin Coward said, he's a big defender of Russ, and I agree with him. It's the dorks that are super committed, and Russell Wilson has shown that his whole career. He can make every throw, and he was with a Seattle Seahawks team forever, post-Super Bowl wins that had no offensive line, and they were a run-first, defense-first team. And despite all that, he stayed humble. He said, go Hawks, every other word. And he led them to probably like 50, you know, two-minute warning wins. So, yeah, you put the ball in this guy's hands in the final moments on a Denver Broncos team who has, in my opinion, a better setup on offense with their running backs, with some great talent at wide receiver. It's probably probably more even there, right? But but still, he has a, he has a better setup, much better defense to – support him when he's off the field. Russell Wilson is still a quarterback to be reckoned with in the National Football League. Joe Burrow, number seven. I think I think most of us realize now that Joey B, as Steve likes to say, with the get, with the get, Joey B. <laughs> uh, he's a gangster, man. He's a good leader. He's unafraid, has a great arm, and he's probably going to be a top three quarterback at least a top five quarterback his whole career. 
you know, as soon as some of these other names, at least, retire. Joey Burrow might suffer some setbacks this year, though. I mean, the Bengals were, you know, they were kind of a Cinderella story last year. Teams are going to have them on their radar now. Teams are going to take them a lot more seriously. So we'll see what Joey Burrow can do. But he's going to have many good years in front of him. Top, a top seven quarterback for me. Aaron Rodgers, number six. Whoa, Aaron Rodgers is in top three, Chris? Oh, what the hell, man? Yeah, because we're talking about intangibles here. We're talking about betting as well, right? Aaron Rodgers plays in a lot of close games. Very conservative, throwing it downfield. Doesn't like to attack too often. Doesn't like to take risks. Is he probably still, is he the most talented quarterback in the NFL, pure talent-wise, arm talent? Maybe. I think some other quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, might have something to say about that. For now, and Rodgers is number six. I can't depend on him as much as I can these next five quarterbacks. Number five, Justin Herbert. Let's go, Justin. Justin in his rookie year under some of the most pressure, I think maybe the most pressure as a quarterback. And incredible accuracy under pressure in his rookie season. His second season continues to ascend. We continue to see him win games, hold his team on his shoulders despite some bad play calling, despite some mistakes on defense. Justin Herbert is the real deal. And he's only going to get better in his, his third year. Matthew Stafford, baby. If nothing else, you got to put Matthew Stafford top five because of the situation that he's in. He's loaded with talent. He proved he can get over the hump and he could win a Super Bowl last year. Everybody kind of thought that when he was with the Lions. First year with the Rams, boom, Super Bowl. That's impressive. It shows how resilient he is. It shows how adaptive he is. It shows how easy to get along with he is, how good of a leader he is, and, of course, just his talent, his arm talent, his accuracy, his ability to win games. Matthew Stafford is a top-five quarterback in this league. Number three, Tom Brady. If it wasn't for these other top two, Tom Brady would obviously be number one. But Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> is there anyone else you'd rather have on your team in late-game situations? Is there anyone else you'd rather have on your team if you want to win? Even at his age, probably not. And number one and two are a tie. I know, I'm not taking, I'm not being that aggressive here with this take, but they're a tie between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen because Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are very similar. Easygoing guys, easy to get along with, football guys, pedigree, big arms, big, big, I mean, Huge arm strength. They have cannons of arms. They also have accuracy. They can also run with the ball. Everybody loves to play with them. Enough said. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes continue continue to be the present and the future of this league. And I don't think there's any two better quarterbacks in the league. I just have a tough time separating them. I hope we get an AFC conference game between these two teams again. And I hope Josh Allen goes to Super Bowl. He deserves it. All right, let's get to some free picks to end this podcast today. We're going on 30 minutes, so we need to get these free picks out. Remember to check out my premium packages at the Odds Breakers. Discounts are going to last until August 15th. You might want to get on those discounts now because they are about to end and become a lot, a, lot, a lot pricier, right? I mean, it is what it is, right? It's what a discount is. But we win a lot in the NFL and the NBA. You probably know that by now if you're listening but probably a good idea to sign on and keep on winning with us starting right now. Okay, free picks. 
that we gave to premium customers. We like the Liberty today. Sabrina, let's see if I can say her last name right. Sabrina Ionescu, Ionescu, 16 assists in her last game. This Liberty team has a, they're great three point shooters. They're great at ball movement. This is a good spot for them. One of the best offenses in the WNBA. They're up to net minus five now, though. I got minus three and a half for my premium customers. Another reason to become a premium member to get those early lines, the best lines available. Uh, but I still like the over at 163 and a half. I don't think the Sparks are going to be able to stop the Liberty today. There's something going on with the Sparks as well. You know, ever since Liz Cambage left, uh, it's just not the same team. Maybe you look at a Liberty team total, or you can look at the Liberty in the first half. But I like the Liberty today to win. I uh, don't like them as much at minus five because I got them at minus three and a half. But consider them in the first half. I think it's around minus two, minus two and a half. Or, and also consider the over at 163 and a half. And there's going to be plenty of points in this one. Two mediocre defenses and the Liberty can score. One more free pick. How about the CFL? I'll just say this. This isn't necessarily a pick, but pay attention if you're betting on the CFL. And if you're betting on the CFL, you should know this team. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they, I mean, they just went on the road. They faced the Calgary Stampeders for the second time this season on the road, and they dominated that game. They controlled that entire game. Calgary historically has been one of the most winning franchises in the CFL, but the Blue Bombers now won the title last year. They're taking over. That's so impressive for them to go on the road and to control that entire game when that was a revenge spot for Calgary. The minus six on the road again this week against Montreal, kind of a eh, kind of a you know sleepy spot for them. I don't love the spot, but Montreal has a bad defense, especially bad defense about the run against the run. That's all the Blue Bombers do is run it down teams' throats. They can control the time of possession. How can I not keep on betting on the Blue Bombers? Might make a good teaser leg or a good parlay leg if nothing else, but I still like the minus six. All right, everybody, it's a pleasure, as always, to be here with you for laying the points. Probably going to have a guest on later this week. I'm going to try to reel back Kate Constable. She's always a good person to have on the show, and she's starting to handicap and think about NFL uh, prep for the season. So maybe we can get some of her takes on the podcast later this week. Until then, check me out, guys, across all social media, at the Oddsbreakers, at the 33rd team. Always a pleasure to be with all of you. Laying the points of Farley bets. Let's win some damn money. All right, see you later.